Welcome to Persevere, the podcast that sheds light on the grit and passion of creatives on their journeys. Award-winning destination photographer Ian Ivey is host to these incredible stories to encourage you to pursue your passion. Hello, hello, creatives, and welcome back to Persevere. Today, we are speaking with such a fun and whimsical artist from Brooklyn, New York. Yoshi Oka Design uses visual and tactile design to create mesmerizing art. The artist is traditionally trained in drawing and watercolors and discovered fiber arts a couple of years ago after setting it aside for quite a few years. So today, it's my joy to introduce today's guest, Stephanie Yoshioka. Stephanie, I am thrilled to have you on with us today. How are you? Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me. I am doing great. Excited to be here with you. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, For our audience who may not know you and your business yet, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I have loved art, all things arts and crafts for as long as I can remember. My mom told me that she could actually take me to an art museum when I was maybe two or three and she'd sit me in my a stroller and push me around and she would just push me to the paintings I wanted to sit in front of and that I enjoyed that. And so my parents put me in art lessons at a young age, starting at six. And kind of, I did that throughout high school and I fell in love with drawing and especially watercolor. I love the way watercolor moves, the nuances you can get with the colors and kind of just loved all things arts and crafts. I mean, I always made like beaded jewelry when I was little. I dabbled with sewing and cross stitch. There was a point in my time in high school when I actually made reversible purses and I was carrying around this like binder full of like fabric swatches to see what my classmates would like and they could pick out which fabric swatches they wanted for the inside and outside of their purse. So I guess that might be my first dabbling with entrepreneurship. But kind of as I was applying to college, my parents said I couldn't go to art school. And so I really put all of that aside for college. Went to Johns Hopkins University, studied international studies and economics, and then, you know, moved to New York City, got a job in finance, and really like put all of my art aside. And then kind of, you know, I felt myself kind of growing tired with finance and like looking at my career and realizing that, you know, it's not what I wanted to be. I don't see myself doing this forever. Looking at my manager and the directors and thinking, you know, that's not what I want to do in my life. And I kind of came back to my artistic passions that I've always had. Yeah, no, totally. I feel like a lot of people who end up working in the corporate world, it's like there's just a point where they are wanting to get back to their passions and their roots and they take that leap and that chance. Was there like a certain moment while you were working that you remember where you're just like, okay, like I think I'm done with this or was it just kind of accumulation of things? A bit of both, but I would say the strongest moment was I completely burnt out in my consulting job, um, completely burnt out mentally, mentally and physically to the point where I, you know, went to the emergency room. I thought I was having a stroke. I had all the symptoms of a stroke. Nothing was physically wrong with me, but I learned that it was all the stress and anxiety that I kind of absorbed and internalized over the years on a job that wasn't fulfilling to me. And so... Shortly after that, I took an embroidery class on a whim, a modern embroidery class from a local craft store and kind of fell in love with fiber art. It's, you know, not something I had dabbled with much. And I think 
kind of after putting watercolor away, I always felt scared to go back to it because I was worried I would never be as good as I was when I had been practicing it. I think in my mind, for me, watercolor is something that you can learn it, but then you also need to keep practicing it for it to remain at the level of quality that you want it to. It's like like a musical instrument, like violin, for example. Like <laughs> You can know violin, but put it down for 10 years and you can't play when you pick it back up the same way you did. You have to get back into it. And I was kind of always worried with going back to watercolor that I would never be as good and stuff um, as I know I could be. So I think picking up something I'd never tried before, I had no expectations. You know, I was just like, let me try this. And it just really captured my imagination and threw me back to art. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such a great comparison that you made about practicing just like a musical instrument because I definitely learned piano back in the day and now I could just maybe play Mary Has a Little Lamb. So <laughs> yep, that sounds that. right. Um so how hard was it for you to translate your watercolor background into tactile? Um I don't think it was too hard for me. I think, you know, learning watercolor and drawing, I learned color theory and, you know, composition. And so I think those elements of design really helped me with creating in fiber. So I do now I do both embroidery and weaving. I love adding some watercolor elements, especially to my embroidery. So painting watercolor on a canvas and then embroidering on top for some additional texture and detail. And mm. I love beads and sequins and adding that extra element of sparkle to my work as well. Yeah, I love embellishments. So um, I'm really curious. So your art form seems a bit niche to me. How do you promote your business? Like, how did you find your customer? And how have you scaled? Uh, that might be a loaded question, but I'm just really <laughs> curious about that. Sure. So I've found my audience through Instagram. I love taking pictures of my work. I'm working on getting better at creating videos of both the process and kind of more up close details on what I create. And I think I've also found a really big community of fiber artists that I didn't realize were out there. It's to your point, it's niche, but then once you start to get into it, you realize there's so many people out there who just focus on embroidery or just focus on weaving. And that's, you know, how I've grown my community as well. You know, I'm join this community of artists and it's great that we can support each other and learn from each other some of the fiber artists that i follow i've taken classes from them and that's how i learned my weaving but starting out with the basics and then adding my own flair my own style has been really fun yeah and kind of to that point i was curious um what inspires you the most when creating your art and do you have like any people or resources that you go to for inspo i know that social media can be like a great place to find new artists but yeah just kind of curious yeah i definitely think i find my most inspiration just outside in nature and in the world i love beaches i love being outdoors i recently <laughs> went on a trip to the U.S. Virgin Islands and did a lot of snorkeling there. Oh, and fun. so some of my works are actually inspired by just snorkeling and like the idea of this whole world underwater. I also recently went to a botanical garden and the amount and variety and color of plants is just fascinating. And so, you know, I'm inspired by the colors in nature just because they're the brightest colors ever. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love, especially this time of year. Well, at least in the U.S., it's like springtime and mm-hmm. all the blooms are out. And yeah, super, like for me, I just love getting out there and shooting all the colors and textures as well. And it smells good, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice that it's warming up here in New York. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, so what's been like one of the pieces that you've made that is like either your favorite or just, you know, you've put a lot of time into it and it's just surprised you in some way? I would say one of the favorite pieces I've made was actually a custom request for a fellow Hopkins student. Um, she reached out to me after years and you know, has been following me in my journey and asked for a colorful rainbow uterus, oh. <laughs> which was not something I'd ever done before. Um, she's an OBGYN and wanted six of these embroideries for you know, her colleagues to give ex- Christmas gifts. So it kind of, th- that request kind of came out of nowhere. I hadn't spoken to her in forever and it was really great to hear from her. And it was exciting to be asked for something I'd never created before. But then I was excited to see what I created. Yeah, that's so cool. I definitely have to like dig around your social media some more to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And I don't know, it just the idea of being able to support women and, you know, creating art that speaks to females, like female power. And as a female entrepreneur, I really enjoyed being able to put my voice on that. Yeah, 100%. So um, what advice would you have for someone that are maybe also in like a particular niche, but they want to try something new, just kind of like with you and watercolors to getting into fiber art, but they've never done it before? Like, what advice would you have for that person? I'd say go for it. (laughs) Keep your expectations low and find a class that will teach you. There have been a lot of great classes in New York and in Brooklyn. Recently, I took an advanced pom-pom class and I'm really excited to like start to incorporate like pom-poms into my textile work. And just it's important for me as I grow my art to continue to learn new skills. And so looking for new things I can learn um, and new classes I can take online. There are tons of YouTube tutorials and things like that to get started. So likely if you have a favorite maker, (laughs) they might have tutorials on, you know, the basics of their craft or their art. Yeah, absolutely. Knowledge sharing is so, I think, important, especially as we all grow. And how you said, just keep being a student, I think, especially as artists, like constantly growing, constantly learning. And you never know, like some random art class to you, like say, I don't know, pottery or something, but you're a photographer, like that could inspire you in new ways of how to see things. So definitely like keeping curious and trying something new can like really add itself another layer to your art. Absolutely. Would definitely (laughs) agree with that. Yeah. Well, it's been so great um, getting to know more about you and your business. I'd love to know more about any upcoming projects that you have. Sure. So I am working on getting some workshops. Speaking of learning, I realized that I've learned a bunch of things that I'd love to pass on to people who are interested. So I'm working on getting some in-person workshops set up here in Brooklyn, hopefully later this summer. Yeah, that sounds so fun. Are you offering both in-person and online workshops? 
best in person to start, but definitely open to looking into online. I know over um, the past couple of years with the COVID pandemic, I've taken a number of online workshops myself. So I know if you know people are still interested, I'd definitely love to start offering this as well. Yeah, definitely. We I feel like everybody's more flexible and more open to pivoting if needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's been interesting just starting a business over a pandemic. Um, you know, when I started, I was working full time and consulting. I did the first cohort of self-made and I didn't even have a business idea when I started. And now after that, I opened an Etsy store, but I now have my own website. It's just really exciting to see how far I've come in the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good call out too. just like as we kind of end things is having your own home for your art is really important. Having a website, having a mailing list and having people come to you because you never know if platforms are having changes, which we all know there's always changes going on with technology. But having that, you know, protected space for your work to really shine is so important. Absolutely. But I would say for, you know, people just starting and wanting to sell their art that Etsy was a great place for me to start. And it made a lot of things so much easier than, you know, building my own website has been taxes, for example, (laughs) have been a lot easier through Etsy. And so for advice for people just looking to start, I say, go for it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I've learned and I have to keep telling myself that, you know, what you present to the world is not set in stone, right? You can launch, but you can always change. You can always adapt what you're doing. You can always pivot, but you can't ever learn anything about how the world sees your art until you start putting it out there. A hundred (laughs) percent. Exactly. And just like watercolors, you know, business is fluid, especially in our industry. Absolutely. So Stephanie, you mentioned to me that community plays a big part in growing your business. And that's kind of how we met as well. Can you tell me or the audience more about that journey for you? Yeah, so we actually met through Selfmade, which is a female entrepreneurship course started by Brit and Co. Started in the summer of 2020, which I actually took Selfmade for the first time during the first cohort of Selfmade to You know, I had the idea that I wanted to start a business with my art (laughs) and kind of the course walked me through defining my ideas, getting in the right mindset, thinking about my brand and what it means, what my values are, but also thinking about a P&L, profit and loss statement, and how to go to market with my business and my products and finding my right audience. So that course was actually really instrumental in helping me start my business. At the end of the course, the 10-week course I had actually opened my Etsy store for the first time. And it was the first time really selling my art. And the community I met through Selfmade was just has been life-changing for me and my business. I still keep in touch with a lot of the female founders I met there. And, you know, they've been instrumental in helping me as I grow my business and as we all grow our businesses together. It's been great to hear. I have a friend who has recently done a lot of work on PR for her business and she's going through this journey has helped me improve the PR for my business. And it's just been really 
helpful to be able to ask questions to people who might have recently gone through something similar. And I actually decided to sign up for Self-Made a second time. You know, my business is in a completely different place from where I started. And I really wanted to use the time to grow my community and learn how to better grow my business. So I am excited to have met you through Self-Made this time around. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been such a great program. And I actually met two other women because uh, since we all live in the Bay Area, we went and grabbed uh, some food and some uh, margaritas <laughs> and, you know, just chatted about business. And it was just so cool to see like the different stages that we are in with business. But, you know, the willingness um, to help each other out and just the encouragement from each other was just so refreshing because I feel like a lot of us either A, it's hard to find each other (laughs) or B, it's just kind of like we just don't know where to start or we don't know if we're bothering someone, if we're like cold calling on Instagram or something, but we know everyone that's involved in the program are there to be part of this community. So yeah, definitely it's been so fun and, you know, getting to meet awesome people like you is just great. And you're on the other side of the country, so that's even cooler to me. Yeah, I've definitely met people from all over. Um, but I do also have a core little New York group. We haven't met in person yet, but I think we're going to this month. Oh, cool. Well, I'll definitely have to follow up with you on that and see how it goes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us today. I know that you'd like to share a special offer for our listeners. So where can our listeners find you and follow for more information? My website is yoshi-oka.com. Yoshi spelled Y-O-S-H-I-O-K-A.com. And for anyone purchasing from my website, I'm providing 15% off with the code PERSEVERE15, all caps PERSEVERE15, 15. Amazing. Um, you can well- also, sorry, you can also find me on Instagram at yoshi.oka.design. Perfect. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I know I'm giving you a follow. And (laughs) I'm so excited to see your business grow and thrive. Like really, Stephanie, I I just can't wait for what the future holds for you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to see what the next few years holds for me too. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much, listeners for tuning in today. And we hope that you found this episode inspiring for your own creative journey. We invite you to subscribe and download on your favorite directory, as well as give us a follow on Instagram at Persevere Podcast. As always, we are sending good vibes to thrive and hope you are one step closer to pursuing your passions. We'll see you next time.